Welcome to the Weather Insights Podcast. I'm your host, meteorologist Scott Pitney, along with meteorologist Jeff Lindner. Hey, Jeff. Hey, how are you doing, Scott? I'm doing good. Yourself? Yeah, it's 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 good. It's good. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> yeah, to timestamp this. By the way, this is our first podcast. It's going to be a short podcast, around 30 minutes or so, just to kind of talk a little bit about the show content, what you can expect on future shows, maybe a little bit more about Jeff and myself. Uh, we'll have our bios on the website, but uh, a little bit more kind of off the off the bio stuff. And then uh, then we'll talk some weather. So um, we are recording this first show on Thursday, July 27, 2023, about 4.15 p.m. And even though we're based in Houston, we're, we're gonna be talking about weather really all over the world. So. Uh, Thanks for joining. And um, Jeff, I know you're a Texas A&M graduate meteorologist. <laughs> that's, that's typically when I get the whoop. <laughs> whoop! <laughs> I went to A&M too, you know, initially it started to be a meteorologist, but you know, life went another direction. So I had to circle back now Mississippi State. So I guess that makes us somewhat rival SEC. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Do you even care about we'll, that? We'll see if A&M can pull it off this year. <laughs> okay. Um, so like i said our bios are going to be on the on the website but uh let's start with what got you involved with weather how did your love of weather develop or do you even love weather (laughs) (laughs) you know it's interesting when you ask that question after you've been doing it for 20 years (laughs) yeah um I, I don't have I don't have a story, you know. Everybody, all these meteorologists <laughs> out there got a story. Yeah, you know, Hurricane Donna hit my house, or a tornado hit my house, or there was this great big nor'easter that snowed me in for That's a week a popular, and a half. The 1993, and, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the superstorm of '93 sure. or whatever. Yeah, I don't have one. I I don't know. I, I I've just always been interested in it, <clears throat> and um, and then yeah, it be, it was a interest that became a job yeah gotcha and so when when it's 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 kind of interesting when your interest becomes your job because then you got to find a new interest (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's no longer a hobby it's funny when it's a hobby there's no there's no pressure right right you just gotta do it and and you're probably pretty good at it because there's no pressure then all of a sudden people start paying you and the expectations you know go up and poof you start you know well and and weather is forecasting and weather and and all of that and communicating weather is is so much different today than it was when I started. Yeah, and uh, you know when I started it was it was TV three times a day morning noon ish evening dinner and then evening evening late ten o'clock and the internet was just starting around. <clears throat> And email was just starting and we didn't even have cell phones really. And so you got your weather information at those times of the day from the TV. Now, I know there's still a segment of the population that still gets their weather that way, but most of us get our, our information from cell phones and the, those, those apps. I'm sure we're going to talk about at some point on your cell phone. If, if you've been in Houston, looking at your weather app on your phone, it hadn't been too great lately. Yeah. Um, very boring. <clears throat> And so, but you know, it's, it's just so different in, in a, in a small amount of time that I've been doing this of, of how much change and, and really it's not so much 
the forecasting, you know, especially on days like today, you know, it's hot, it's humid, there's a 20% chance of storms. You can rubber stamp that in Houston in the summer for a lot of the days. But it becomes more the, for, the, the communication of the forecast, especially when, when, when bad things are going to happen, when we have some sort of weather event. It becomes that how do you communicate it? How do you, how do you say it in a way? How do you write it in a way um, to get people to take the appropriate action that you're hoping they're going to take? And a lot of forecasting is going in that direction now. You know, it's getting it's getting pretty hard <clears throat> the longer range beyond five, six days to beat the the national model blend. You know, so that's that's the when I say national model blend, that's the all the models put together kind of averaged and you get this blend of them. And, you know, that goes out. Oh, I don't know, eight, 10 days or whatever. How, how much was uh, discussed or how many classes did you take on numeric forecasting? When you I had school? one and, and it, it didn't uh, really talk about models. It talked about everything that goes into modeling, you know, all the equations, e equations differential equations, the physics. Um, and, and that was a lot of the the. Um, the coursework at A&M was theory, dynamics, thermodynamics, you know, obviously the math and the physics, but actual operational forecasting was very little. Yeah. Well, guess what? <clears throat> it's not much different. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have one numeric and, you know, same thing, equations, plug the numbers in, kind of understand where it comes from. And, uh, you know, a few things about uh, different types of models and what are what they're good for and not good for and all that. But yeah, it really hadn't changed as far as what they're teaching. Yeah, at some point there's going to have to be some, and I don't, I don't know what the coursework is at, at universities. Uh, you know, I've been out for a long time now. But what the what the coursework is when it comes to operational forecasting, broadcast forecasting. I know Mississippi, Mississippi State's more into the broadcast side of stuff, um, and then and then also the communication side. And I think that's that's the big thing going forward. And 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 in the weather is communicating this stuff. You know, we're technical scientist type people and we don't always do the best job sometimes communicating um, outside of that technical box. Yeah. You know, like you and I can sit here and have a conversation about uh, cape and uh, helicity and all, all these big fancy terms. Well, most people out there don't have any clue what that means or how it affects them. Or they don't care, and and, yeah. and and that's 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 really important, and it's especially important when you have something bad going on. Yeah, and I, I think you know we share the same vision for this podcast. Yeah, we're going to have our meteorologists and climate people on and that kind of stuff and talk the science, but we're going to have the end users of weather, the the people that weather affects their daily lives, their professions, you know, they really rely on accurate forecast and understanding it. People in construction, um, aviation, aviation, agriculture. agriculture. Uh, you know, I was talking to one of my uh, good friends, fishing guides and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, kind of telling her about the uh, show and uh, really kind of pitching it to her because <laughs> she'll be a great guest, but you know, uh, but yeah, she she said that she would love to come and talk about, you know, the, the weather. But anyway, so yeah, I, I think that what you said about communication, the other thing too with cell phones, there's so many forecasters out there now mm -hmm. and they love to mm -hmm. tell you the yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
you know, some of them aren't bad. I mean, um, you know, uh, they, they're, they're weather nerds. They don't have a meteorology degree, but they have a good understanding and, you know, especially in their particular area or area of expertise, whatever they want. But, uh, yeah, I imagine it's changed quite a bit since you got out of school. Yeah. That's only been 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what this is going to be in 20, 20 years from now? What will it be? I don't know. I don't know if they'll, I don't know how much of a human component they will be to it. I, yeah. Do you think AI is going to take over and we're going to lose our jobs? <laughs> oh, I've been told that I, I, I've, I've read through that, that the answer to that is no, <laughs> but honestly on, on, on days like today where it's, where it's so straightforward. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how much, how much I can add on a day like today. Yeah. You well, know? It's in uh, in convective storms anyway. You know, I, I think the good analogy is uh, throwing popcorn in a pan with oil, turn it on, and you know, tell me which one, which kernel is going to pop first. Right, right. <laughs> and when? And where? And where? Yeah. So, well, my uh, I do have kind of one of those childhood stories. Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to age myself a little well, bit. Well, let's hear it. So I had I got a little weather station. You know, it had a. The anemometer was a flap that, you know, had markings and you kind of, you know, when the wind blew, it told you how uh, fast it was blowing. I had a sling psychrometer and, you know, one of those backyard kits. Um, and they got it for me because I just got excited when a storm came through. But then uh, I guess my earliest memory was in 1970 uh, when Celia was threatening the Texas coastline. And my dad you know, was a geophysicist. So he had a drafting table with uh, grid paper and, and all that. And he goes, I'm going to show you how to, we're going to make a hurricane tracking chart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> drew the longitude and latitude. And, uh, and that, you know, when the news came on and gave the coordinates, to me, that was fun. That was like opening a gift. I mean, you couldn't wait for the news to come on to see which way the hurricane was going. And so it started there. But when I got, <laughs> funny story. So when I got the uh, kit, you know, at whatever age I was, seven or eight, back in the late 60s. Um, it came with a blue book. And it was a really nice weather book. You know, it, it had glossy pages in it. And I learned about the cloud times. It was a really good book, especially for clouds. <laughs> when I got to A&M in whatever it was, 83 or 4, and took my first weather class, guess what the textbook was? The same thing? <laughs> so I aced that class, man, because I started studying, you know, when I was seven or eight but anyway life went a different direction for me and then i i circled back and got my meteorology degree later on and and checked that box but anyway so here we are on the podcast uh shall we jump into some weather sure all right um man did you ever think you would see a recorded sea surface temperature of 100 plus degrees that's the pool water out there in your backyard, you know, right now. Um, That's what I got. I kept my hot tub at 100. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. So this is so this is hotter than that. 101.1. That's it. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Is it Manatee Bay? Yeah. Near Everglades National Park. 101, according to a park spokesperson. Uh, and then uh, this is from uh, NPR.org. Jeff Baradelli. Florida WFLA News Channel 8's chief meteorologist climate specialist told CNBC that the water around this particular sensor in the bay is murky and contaminated with sediment, quote unquote, and that water temperatures are reflective of the fact that darker surfaces absorb more heat. Yeah. 
<clears throat> low albedo. Yeah, it's it's uh you know it was a I don't know when did when did this happen Monday two Wednesday Monday so, Monday. Yeah, it was a big deal on social media on Monday. Um, you know, and if you look at some of the other senses down there, you know, they were ninety eight, ninety nine. So you know, I, I don't I don't doubt that that the water was 101 or whatever at that particular sensor. But, you know, that area is just south of the Everglades. It's very shallow water. You're talking three, four, five feet deep, I think. Hmm. Um, like the like the quote there mentioned, uh, there's a lot of, you know, seagrass down in there and, and that type of stuff that helps absorb the solar radiation that comes in. And so um, if, if you look at if, you know, most people aren't looking at the <clears throat> water at the at the temperature gauges down there but if you look at them they fluctuate quite a bit yeah i mean nighttime they get down to 86 87 88 and they're back up to the upper 90s um and in and in some cases they're even hotter than the land temperatures because of all of that dark uh surface that the the sunlight is hitting and it, the darker surfaces absorb that solar radiation <clears throat> and so you know, yeah, uh, you know, there, obviously it's going to be looked into and all this is taken into account. I think the, the, the current world record is in, in Kuwait Bay in much deeper water, which qualifies a lot more, if you will. Um, and so it, this is going to be looked at and studied and, and determined if, 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 if A and, and B or apples and apples are really being compared here. Because, yeah. uh, you know, if you're talking about a, a, a sensor in Kuwait Bay that's in much deeper water it's a lot harder to warm deeper water than three or four or five feet of water sure and so and it's interesting because let's see this was monday you said Mm. and we're thursday and i think that same temperature there's like 83 now because Mm. they've had rain and clouds over the last day or so and so you can see huge swings in in these water temperatures in these shallow waters i think galveston is 89 yeah 89 or 90 which is very warm for us again that's either at uh, Pleasure Pier or Pier 21. And, you know, again, that's the shallow water, but you go to the buoy 20 east of Galveston and the water temperature is more 85, 86, which is more representative of the Gulf as a whole um, than those near shore and shallow bay waters. Yeah. Well, despite that 101 peak, you know, the South Florida has been, I mean, their, their water's been in the 90s. And uh, another interesting note, Miami-Dade County, which has been under heat advisories or excessive heat warnings for 22 days straight, according to the National Weather Service. The previous record was three days. Yeah, I, but you got to be careful with that because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I read somewhere that uh, weather, uh, WFO Miami did change their criteria hmm. for excessive heat uh, warnings, and they they lowered it a little bit, and so that has resulted in the more frequent issuance, if you will, of some of that, those products down in South Florida. I don't, I don't know exactly how much is the difference, how many degrees it changed or lowered, but I, I think there was some cha- modification in the, in the uh, thresholds there for, for those advisories. Yeah. Well, it's, it's easy. This, this kind of weather makes it easy to forget that just a short time ago, we had a polar plunge. We did. <laughs> when you talk about short time, like, what we talking? Well, when was the polar plunge here in Texas? That was uh, oh, the, the great winter storm. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Well, we're not going to call it Yuri. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like everybody else does. Uh, well, uh, no, February. Fe- yeah, it was the day after Valentine, yeah, February, February 15th, of 21. 21. Yeah. 
Um, that was the first time, you know, being in, in Texas all my life, I think that was the first time I've ever seen every single county under a winter storm warning. Yeah. And that includes Brownsville, yeah. which is the same latitude pretty much as well, Miami. Let me give it a take. In modern times, absolutely. I'm sure in 1899 and 1895, yeah. we if the products would have been there, they would have, you know. Right. But while we're on the, the sea surface temperature, let's pull up that, yeah. that uh, sea surface temperature map of the Atlantic. And it's just not southern Florida that is, is warm. And, and, you know, when you, when you look at the sea surface temperature anomaly, so above average or below average of, of what you would be on today uh, across the Atlantic basin, there's just, there's a lot of warm water from the coast of Africa into the Caribbean, into the Gulf of Mexico, up the U.S. East Coast, um, really warm off the Northeast U.S. Uh, U.S. and Southeast Canada, Atlanta, Canada, very warm conditions up there. And that's, that's really a function of this kind of blocking high pressure we've had over uh, Eastern Canada and Greenland in the month of July. Yeah. And so kind of the same, you kind of can get in these patterns in the summertime where it's the same thing over and over again. And so that's how you get the flooding in the Northeast and Vermont and those areas. They're on that kind of trough, if you will, on the West side of the big blocking high. And anytime you get these big blocking highs, there's not a lot of wind. And so the water calms down. You don't mix the water very much. You don't extract heat from the water, from the wind. And you can get these anomalies and, and that's been very similar down in South Florida. Uh, it's been relatively calm down there too. Um, the easterly trades have been very weak this year. Um, and so it's allowed the Atlantic and a lot of, of warmth in the Atlantic. So we'll see, we'll see what that means for <clears throat> the hurricane season. At the same time, we have this El Nino very clearly showing up here off the coast of uh, South America, uh, extending out to, to South of Hawaii. And you know, that, that typically produces uh, a good bit of wind shear, especially in the Caribbean and, and portions of the southern Atlantic basin during during the hurricane season. But I mean, my goodness, these these water temperatures out there are some of the warmest we've ever seen in, in modern times. Um, and we think back to 2017, very, very warm water, very active hurricane season. Um, and, and these water temperatures are, are equal, if not a little bit warmer than that. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens here over the next month or two does the warm water went out and we get a bunch of storms or does that, you know, you still have the hot water, but does that wind shear from El Nino keep the storms from forming? And what's your, what's your call on that one? I think El Nino is going to win out. Do you? I'm going with sea service. I, I, I just, you know, just to be difficult <laughs> and course. competitive. I'm, 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 if well, we agree on everything, <laughs> then the show won't be interesting. <laughs> Of course not. We went, we went friction and, <laughs> yeah. and, and controversy, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, by our fifth or sixth hour, we should be throwing things yeah. at each other. <laughs> but no, it, it, you know, and my thing is, well, this is what I'll say. The Gulf of Mexico every year is, is warm. You know, it's, it's nothing for the Gulf to be 80, 85, 88 every summer. But we don't always get big hurricanes in the Gulf. You know, because there's there's more that plays into it. There's atmospheric things that play into it. There's there's dry air, there's moist air, there's wind shear, all this stuff. You have to get the waves in the right place and conditions have to be right. And so it takes a lot to actually get a storm to form. Yeah. They're, they're very fragile. We saw that with uh with nine five L, the the tropical wave that was coming across 70% the Atlantic. At 70%, one time. Yeah. Yeah. And did nothing. Did nothing. Did nothing. And yeah. so 
we'll see. I may be totally wrong. It may be a super active, uh, you know, portion here in the next two months, and I'll see you in October. Yeah. Um, or uh, or it may not be. We'll we'll see. We'll see what what happens here. It'll be interesting because uh, there's not a lot of similar previous years, what we call analogs. There's just not a lot of them out there with this type of El Nino coming on and such a warm Atlantic. Yeah. And of course, uh, that was definitely an anomaly having two storms form uh, in this part of the uh, Southern Basin in the month of June. Yeah. First time that's ever happened. So I understand this high is going to break down a little bit. Um, and the storm, in fact, the one that's out there right now with 40% chance of development, it has a track that is going now a little bit more north. I think this trough that's up here is, is, is going to uh, have an effect, synoptic effect, and, and break down this high a little bit yeah. on the west, western side. And if you notice that blue, there's a blue patch of water of cooler than normal sea surface temperatures. Right there? Yeah, just south mm-hmm. of Greenland, I don't know, several hundred miles or so. Yeah. And that's that's our old friend Don, Tropical Storm Don. Okay. And became a hurricane. Very, yeah. Very high latitude uh, Tropical Storm Hurricane. Yeah. And just kind of sat in that same area, spinning, moving around, doing loops and stuff. Mm. And you can see it cooled the water temperatures down. And so these tropical storms and hurricanes actually do have an impact of carrying that that heat northward into the higher latitudes and away from the equator. And you can see there, yeah. that's what they do. They they turn up the water and, and cool it down. Well, it sat there for so long, there was probably a lot of upwelling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that water's really, I mean, yeah, it's all warm out there, but that's a cooler area probably deep down too. So, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Interesting, interesting. Um, speaking of the tropics, you want to take a look at the, at let's the, pull up, uh, let's pull up the IR. All right. IR. <clears throat> let's see. That's infrared for all of, all the yeah. other folks out there. Right. I wonder if I can just do that. Mm-hmm. Can I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. So, uh, courtesy of tropical tidbits, by the way, um, what are you seeing here? <laughs> well, well, uh, well, it's go 16. Yeah. Uh, we went IR because uh, the sun's starting to set. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't see anything overly concerning anywhere. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of, of uh, colors, if you will, there around yeah. Cuba and South Florida. That's, that's all a function of an upper level low pressure system. And so in the tropics, we're looking for stuff down at the surface, down where we live, not in the upper levels. And mm-hmm. so that it looks it looks scary and, and all that, but there's not a whole lot there. Yeah. And then you have this big old elongated, spiderly looking kind of tropical wave um, right there in the central tropical, deep tropical Atlantic between really roughly between the Caribbean and, and the coast of Africa. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that some of the models are showing developing as it gets a little bit further north and conditions become favorable. You can't really tell in the IR, but there's there's a big plume of uh, Saharan dry air coming off of of Africa, moving west. We call that the Saharan air layer, or or more more I don't know appropriately commonly called the the dust, but it's it's really the dry air that has some dust in it, and it's that dry air that kind of beats down these tropical waves, and that's what it's doing to that one right there. But as it gets further west, we may see some. Uh, potential there for some development north of the Caribbean and we even got 95L down there south of Jamaica still chugging along yeah 
you said speaking of the saharan dust when we were chatting a, a few days ago you said something uh interesting we used to call it the hot lazy hazy days of summer yeah it's always the been hazy around. part was it yeah yeah it's just got a name now yeah well of course it's <laughs> got a name everything nowadays <laughs> right. and it's got to be complicated you know yeah. but no it's, even call yeah but even low pressure systems on land you know they, yeah. in the wintertime they have to have a name yeah and yeah. so this the the saharan air masses and the dust that accompanies it accompanying i can't see i can't even talk companies yes sir um <laughs> has always been around you know it, mm. we, we've always dealt with this stuff especially here and in florida in june and july july especially by about the second week of august this tends to die down and go away and that's mm. lo and behold when our hurricane season tends to pick up on average and there, there's you know you kind of look at this as like oh well now that makes sense and oh okay it's all sort of connected out there yeah for sure mm -hmm. for sure um all right where are we going next let's see the uh have an update outlook something seven day no oh, okay we were just talking about let's we see let's mm -hmm. see what can i get the deets on this no it's just going to give me the 40 percent. oh there we go uh, Trunkaway located a couple hundred miles to the southwest of Cabo Verde Islands. Conditions are expected to be favorable for gradual development this system, uh, of this system later this week and into the weekend while it moves west to west northwest. So a little bit of change of direction there. You can see the path. Uh, they've been heading to the Leeward Islands, but that's that I think that's that high weakening a little mm -hmm. bit on the, yeah, on the mm -hmm. west side. Uh, zero for 48 hours, 30 percent. No, I thought it was four. I think it was 40 at one time. Maybe it dropped. Maybe this is. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let me refresh this. That's right. Missed a date, too. Probably a hurricane by now. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. Okay. 40%. There you go. I thought. Yeah, that was yesterday. So, yeah, there it is. Um, right. And kind of in the middle of all that. It's just out there to kind of, and, you know, if, 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 if this is how the season's going to go, I'm perfectly fine with this. Yeah. You know, it could, they can all stay out. Yeah, out there and you know most most of these these waves like this that form out in this area they don't come this far west they don't affect right. texas right most of our systems that that impact texas form are actually in the gulf of mexico yeah and 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 occasionally we'll get the long trackers your allen's your gilbert's your rita's your ikes yeah that you have 7 10 12 days to get ready for yeah um but the majority of the time these things form in the gulf and hit land within 60 hours or so yeah and El Nino's kind of cranking up now, so those trade winds are going to continue increasing from from El Nino, uh, making it more difficult for them to enter the Caribbean. So, yeah, um, so we'll keep an eye on it. I, there was a brief period, a few hours that uh, I, I opened this up, and there were three yellow X's on here. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday or something like that, mm -hmm. a couple of days ago. So I thought, wow, okay, now the you know it's it's starting to get going but then poof just like that nothing and we'll see here we'll see if 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 this is able to i think i think the hurricane center is being a little bit conservative probably uh just based on what happened with 95l <laughs> right and, and the fact that there is some factors this has to overcome you know there there's dry air out there this is gonna have to overcome but the models are starting to latch onto it more and it's not just i think it was previously just the gfs now the european and the canadian and their ensemble members are starting to uh, show development there northeast of the islands. And so I, I think we'll probably get something out of this. We'll probably get a name and I, at, at, you know, and I'll leave it at that because 
I'm not I'm not trying to record something that to come back in two weeks and say <laughs> you said yeah, and exactly. I've got it right here yes. and uh, mm -hmm. yeah 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 um, so here's here's something about you know weak El Nino moderate El Nino seasons strong seasons you know this it's been pretty well known strong El Ninos that uh, you know we've had some of our worst hurricanes in the least number uh, you know in the where the numbers weren't that strong for texas or just well, in general just in general okay yeah yeah no, that's true yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah we've with, had some big ones yeah yeah um so in, there were 12 storms 2002 in 1951 eight hurricanes in 1951 and three plus hurricanes 1963 to 1951. This is what I should have read first. What if we examine, uh, let's see who gets the credit on this, weather.com. What if we examine only the moderate to strong El Nino seasons given the current El Nino strengths? Those 11 such moderate to strong El Nino seasons averaged nine storms, four hurricanes, one of two that reached at least category three intensity. So we can get the strong ones, but not the numbers. We can. Uh, the question did we have a warm Atlantic hmm. or as warm as we see this year? That's, that's really the wild card here. Yeah. Is, I don't think the, we had, we've had it on record that we've had it this warm in the Atlantic yeah. with this, this combination of El Nino and warm Atlantic and all that. So that, that that's going to be the, some of the key, hmm. but I, I will say two, two big uh, El Nino years that stood out with huge impacts was, was 1983. Mm -hmm. Of course, that was the year we had hurricane Alicia. I think we had something like, four or five storms that year of nothing year. Yeah. But we had Alicia form in the Gulf and in, in, in August. Mm -hmm. And of course impacted us here locally. And then 1992, another relatively quiet year, big El Nino year. Uh, and we had hurricane Andrew Yeah, in South Florida. And so, you know, we, there's so much talk and I get asked this question all the time. Well, what, how's it looking this year? What are you thinking? Hmm. And, you know, everybody wants the numbers and, oh, well, that sounds like a lot. 20 sounds like a lot and four doesn't sound like much and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. The numbers really don't matter. What matters is if, if you get impacted. It's the one coming at it's, you. It's the, the one yeah. that hits you. And, yeah. you know, for us here in Houston and along the Gulf Coast, we know it doesn't have to be a hurricane. Mm. I mean, a, a tropical storm can cause us all kinds of trouble. Two of our worst, Allison, 2001, and, of course, Harvey, 17. Yeah, Amelda. 19, Amelia, yeah. that formed yeah. you know five miles off the coast claudette 79 yeah yeah so it, it doesn't have to be your big hurricanes and it doesn't have to be a big season i mean we had one of what the most active season ever in 2020 yeah and we had one storm hit the texas coast hannah yeah so of course yeah. it was horrible in louisiana yeah but we were Four. very very fortunate yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah i was in alicia yes sir 40 years uh coming up yeah 40 year anniversary of hurricane alicia Eight, was, 1883 was, uh, yes sir yeah. i was two yeah so i remember that one well um i was watching doug johnson on channel two and uh the 10 o'clock weather i remember um, they were showing the, the the leading uh cloud bands on radar well, or convection bands, but I went out, we went outside my dad and I, and we just looked at this, just this defining smooth line of cloud. I mean, it was very eerie looking. And then that thing came rolling through and, you know, 
if you watch film, of course, there's lots of film and stuff on, on hurricanes. It's one of those things that just don't even get close to doing it justice until you're in one. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about severe thunderstorms. We've all been through those uh, 58 mile an hour winds plus. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we had one uh, just last month, the one that we recorded 92 mile an hour or 97, excuse me, mm -hmm. at, at George. And, you know, here I, I think I had one of those gusts like 60 miles an hour. Now, those just last a few seconds in a severe thunderstorm. Right, yeah. Now imagine that sustained for hours, yeah. you know, 70, 80 miles an hour. It, it, it was scary. It was exciting for me because I was a weather nut. And you were, and you were in Alicia, where was it? Spring Branch? Yeah, about a yeah. mile from here. Okay, in Spring Branch. Yeah. So that's, I mean, you're inland. What, what, what are we inland? 65 miles maybe something 60, like 50, that yeah 50 60 miles inland yeah so it it, it did weaken mm -hmm. obviously but <laughs> still 60 70 mile an hour winds just sustained may have been up to 80 and this is like at two o'clock in the morning it's pitch black and it's just loud as can be and i'm watching the neighbor's pine tree just bending toward our house just wondering if that thing's gonna come out of the ground and go flying through the window or something um and then the eye came over now the the sun had come up by the, the time the eye come up, that came over and it wasn't the, the classic eyes you hear about with the clear blue sky and the seagulls flying around it was pretty messy it was mm. cloudy but the wind did calm down instantly mm. and then uh it didn't last very long i can't quite remember but i, I want to say it was like 30 45 minutes and then it kicked up again mm -hmm. and um and then the the back side of the storm was very short now that was a pretty quick moving storm so we didn't get a lot of rain with it I think we got less than 10 inches of rain, right, yeah. something mm -hmm. like that. But um, yeah, the, but the worst part about it is the, the the power outage. We were out for five days and you know, that just, just damp, nasty, you talk about humid, it, it is so bad after a hurricane, you know, and, and sitting there, I remember I was, uh, trying to sleep on the couch and I woke up, I think it was like two in the morning. I was just drenched in sweat. Oh yeah. And, uh, the neighbor across the street, he had his generator going mm. and you know, this is 90, 1983. So it's not one of those quiet generators, like, you know, and yeah. the dude's dripping down his window and the TV's on, you know, he's the only one on the street, the streets pitch black. And I was just, I had enough. So I grabbed a bottle of shampoo. I got on my bike. I rode to a nearby apartment. I hopped the fence jumped in their pool and basically took a bath in their pool. Yeah. And I felt good for about five seconds, got on my bike. By the time I got home, I was sweating yeah. again. Yeah. So, uh, you know, post hurricane is not fun. We haven't dealt with anything like that here in, in a long time. Cause Ike was mid September and we were really fortunate that when Ike passed through, we had a, a, a good push of dryer that came in behind it. And, uh, I mean, that's it. That's that's the only big tropical event we've had with with wind and power issues um, in the last 40 years here, really. If you look at Alicia and and Ike and, and Ike was, for most people, a really strong tropical storm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everybody um, east of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't dealt with that. I, I can tell you we were I did the. Storm surge surveys over in Louisiana in 2020 with with the National Weather Service and some folks and uh, Laura Laura was an August hurricane big big fast moving cat four hurricane in the southwest Louisiana and I can tell you it was horrible down there 
with the heat. I mean, you have all that soggy ground. Yeah. Of course, it's more coastal there than it is here, but right. you got that, that, that old storm surge water left. Um, yeah. inland and, and it's just baking in the <laughs> mid 90 degree dew points in the upper 70s um and sometimes there's not a lot of wind after a hurricane the, the pressure gradient kind of goes to nothing and it was it was awful it was it was awful i i uh i can't imagine people doing that long um and and this in this time of year in the heat and humidity um without power i just i can't I, I don't see it and i think about those poor folks in 1900 in galveston <laughs> you know they didn't have electricity anyway no and <laughs> yeah. so it might not have been well, that big of a deal yeah, no, I think about, yeah at least as far as the the uh you know the heat but uh yeah to be stuck on that island probably no running water and all they that. had a lot of other big issues but major yeah um you know nowadays we're we're just you lose that power oh, and w- within 15, 20 minutes, you're, when's it coming back on? Yeah. Yeah. I can't, you know, when you lose your electronics, you lose your cell phone, of course your AC and it's just, you're just. But, you know, being, being through Alicia five days without power and I was with, uh, you know, five days without power for uh, the, uh, what'd you call it? I call it the polar plunge. <laughs> that one. The winter storm. The winter storm. Lunch. I'll take the uh, I'll take the, the the winter storm without power. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I you know I get the luxury of having to be with the generator at Tran at Transtar, and so we had power. So I I've I've never been without it for Ike or without it for the winter storm. Now for Ike um i think my parents they live up on the north side up around spring they were without it without power for i think it was 15 or 16 days that's a challenge um and like for the winter storm of course every you know we everybody lost it um my house included and so my wife and kids were at home and you know i think i don't know i i kind of like to ask some opinions on that would which one would you very good survey. What, yeah, survey. If you would you rather lose power in the winter or in the in the summer? And I think most people are going to say in the winter. But remember, when it's twenty degrees outside, it's thirty eight, forty two in your house. Right. So hey, this is a good time to bring up the email address. So I'm glad you said that. You, you'd like to know. So here's how you can tell us. You can email us. We, we actually have two email addresses. We have a long one that I think is easier to remember. Weatherinsightspodcast.com. Weatherinsightspodcast. And this will be on the website. Weatherinsightspodcast.com. And then weather-insights.com. Mm. Yeah. So email us and tell us what you prefer. <laughs> five days without power in the summer or, you know, five days without power in the winter. Um you want to uh, do you want to do outlooks for August? Dare we do that? I, my outlook for July that I did on TV was just totally blown. I, mean, I, I, I forecasted wetter and uh, cooler. Yeah, you know, I was just going over. Uh, I was going with the CPC. L- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I get. That's well, what C- I get for being lazy. CPC forecast. That's the Climate Prediction Center. Right. So they do the monthly outlooks for precipitation and and temperature, and they. 
um, we're showing above average rainfall in uh, in Texas for the month of July. And I think they kind of had a good idea. You know, we, we were a little bit wet around the 4th of July for some places. Um, and then that ridge of high pressure kind of built back in and that was the end of that. Um, I can tell you the temperature outlook without even looking at it. It's going to be above average, I bet. Oh, uh, for that. everybody, unless you're having a monsoon. Yeah, so El Paso maybe. Oh, yeah, look at El Paso. Boy, they've been setting some records. Yeah, they've been over 100 degrees for like, what, three years now or something? That's, that's yeah, if that, if, that heat, if that dome and heat ridge sits up where those, is this for the month of August or what do we, yeah. It's for the whole yeah, month. Yeah, August 20. I mean, that's a. Uh, oh, wait a minute. What is this? Um, <laughs> that's 2022. Where did I get this? <laughs> disregard this <laughs> well i was okay i mean it's, it looks, it's, it's kinda, it's it looks kinda, like it could be right it's kind of accurate it's kind of accurate well uh let's see i can probably find one let's see um i mean i, I can promise you the temperature is going to be above average and you know the rain's probably going to be i don't know maybe on the coast maybe a little bit closer to average but i bet inland texas central texas north texas mm -mm. There ain't, there's probably not a lot of hope of, uh, I don't know if the, is the, uh, are the August outlooks out? Oh yeah. There we go. Yeah. All right. So let me share it again. Oops. Not the radar. <clears throat> All right. So here we go. That was 22. Now a year later, 23. Yeah. Well, there you go. Hot. Yeah. And uh, hey, at least it's not below average. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of nor near normal, if you will. And you know, August can be. You know, I, I don't know what our average is in August. Maybe three or four inches of rain locally here. Um, Sounds about right. So I, I think. Well, I think July was four point one five or something. So probably a little less, I would think, than July. Right? I think August is more. Oh, I it think, is. I think we start ticking up after July. Mm. But uh, hey, if we if we got two inches of rain or three inches, I'd be happy. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody would. I'll take anything at this point. We did. We did get some rain though the first week of July, mm -hmm. but that's that's been it. Mm -hmm. So, and interestingly, look at that. This has been a big thing this summer. That below average there in the Midwest. They, yeah, they've had a really mild summer in the Midwest. That's uh, from the Dakotas down to uh, uh, Iowa and southern Minnesota and Illinois. It's it's been a relatively mild summer all the heat has really been focused in the southwest u.s and then down in the southern plains and then across florida so kind of the southern areas which it is hot in the southern areas in summer but this year it's been it's been really hot yeah speaking of heat i think we were we were going to talk a little bit about how hot it's been in houston yeah with uh you know we mentioned earlier about miami and the issuance of heat advisories and excessive heat warnings and uh, the weather service here, our local weather service office, <clears throat> uh, kind of looked into this. And um, I think we've had 19 straight days this summer um, with a heat advisory for Southeast Texas. Mm. And that seems to be a, uh, a record, if you will. Now, the, the tracking of heat advisories and excessive heat warnings and all that only goes back to 2006. So it's not like it's a really good record here. 
a really good period of record. Um, but it does include the summer of 2011. Hmm. And, you know, when I think of, 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 of horrible summer heat, I don't think it's going to take a lot to beat 2011. Mm-hmm. And so I actually did um, some research, that email, um, and, and, and kind of, you know, how many days have we hit 100? Because, you know, it's so hot. It's so hot. I hear, I hear this all the time. And, you know, so far this year, I think we've only hit uh, 100 uh, seven times. Mm. So seven, seven days we've been 100 or above at Intercontinental. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 2011, it was at 11. So mm-hmm. if you compare 2011 and 2023, we're not that far off. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're within four days of, of 2011. But the difference is this is when 2011, starting around August, this is when 2011 went down here. We went 31 straight days in August of 100 plus. Uh, so every single day in the month of August in 2011 was over 100, including 109 on the 27th. Um, and so I don't, I don't see that kind of heat coming in August. For us, so I, I still think 2011 is going to be, you know, for most of us in modern times, that benchmark summer. Of course, you also have 1980 to throw in there. 1988, those are big heat years. Yeah. Um, but you know, the biggest, the you know, it's like, well, well, why are we having so many heat advisories and excessive heat warnings? The difference between 2011 and 2023 has been the air has been more has been holding more moisture longer. And what I mean by that is the dew point, how much moisture is in the air in the afternoon hours typically falls. And so we get, you know, like it'll get into, you know, 69, 73 range. Mm-hmm. That's still humid. You're mm-hmm. still going to sweat when you go outside. Mm-hmm. But this summer in June and July, the dew points have been hovering around 80. Mm-hmm. And that's just, ugh. Yeah. you know, that's that your windows are fogged up type type stuff. Mm-hmm. And your lows are only getting down to 80, 82. If, I, if, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and that has, that's been pushing those heat index values up above the criteria for, for us here locally. It's 108 for an advisory, 113 for excessive heat warning. Mm-hmm. And we've been hitting that every afternoon. Yeah. Um, so we've had these advisories and warnings. Interestingly enough, we've seen that pull back here recently in the last couple of days. The dew points, I look today, the dew point was 70 this afternoon. Yeah. And the lows are in the mid seventies. Yeah. yeah. So we've had Low a little bit more drier yeah. air yep. mixing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still, you know, we're still getting 98, 99, a hundred ish in the afternoon, 97. So it's still this about the same temperature, but those heat index values aren't hitting those thresholds like they were. Yeah. So that's a positive. We're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Fall is right around the corner, right around the corner. <laughs> October is going to be here before you know it. Um, still dangerous though, even though there's not a heat advisor, you can get heat exhaustion. So, um, yeah, I can't really tell the difference between 94 no. and 97 when I'm on my yard. No, I, I just, I can't, they're I, both miserable. And I can't really tell the difference between a, a 99 heat index and 110 heat index. Yeah. It's horrible. It's yeah. just horrible. Yeah. Um, now what does make a difference is, is a breeze Yeah. to me. Yeah. And you know, I can have I can have an afternoon at 100 degrees and a, a 20 mile an hour wind, and it to me it's not that bad. Yeah, if you're in the shade, yeah. we 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 had that. Um, I want to say is a week and a half or so, maybe two weeks ago, where in the evening, right around sunset, the the breeze would pick up really nice, right. like 15 or so. Yeah, that was nice. And and 
we're moving in this direction and, and I don't even really want to open this whole can of worms right now, but man, why not? We're, we're, we're slowly starting to move away from heat index into what we call wet bulb globe temperature. Mm. Oh, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. And heat index is just, is just temperature and, and humidity. And you put them together and you get a number. Mm. But there's other factors. Is the wind blowing? Are you in the shade? Mm-hmm. Are you sitting there? Are you doing something that's, you know, you're exercising or you're um, mowing the yard or you're laying concrete or whatever? Yeah. Whatever, you know, you're, you're doing some type of yeah. physical activity. All of that makes a difference. Yeah. Or are you in the city? You know, you, have you got radiation released from the ground or are you out in the country where, uh, you know, it's not getting right. absorbed as much? And yeah. And so we're getting, we're getting better at, at, uh, and see, this is back to that communication we talked about. How, do we, how are we communicating what it really is? Because right yeah. now we boil it, we're, it's a, we boil it down to a simple, it's a number. Yeah. And if it's above this number, we get an advisor and all this, we tell you don't, you know, limit, yeah. limit your, be careful out there. Yeah. But there's a lot of other factors, of course, that go into this. And, you know, I, I assume at some point we're going to do the same thing with wind chill. Right. Because, you know, standing outside at 45 degrees on a sunny day with a 10 mile an hour wind is way different than 45 degrees on a cloudy day with a 20 mile an hour wind. Right. You know? Yeah. And anybody who goes to sports events, outdoor stadiums, football in the wintertime can attest to that, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 And hike too. Yeah. Um, What's your altitude? What's blocking the wind? What's not? You know, different areas if you're flat and there's nothing blocking the wind yeah yeah it's it's going to make a difference so that could be area related too interesting stuff yeah it's uh no matter how far we get it can it can be improved so sometimes the wheels turn slow though at least we're saying you know dew point is so much better than saying relative humidity Mm -hmm. since relative humidity is of course temperature dependent right Uh, so there have been definitely some positive strides toward that and communication but yeah it's it's big so i look forward to hearing from from these guests that we have on that uh, are out there depending on weather for their living and and uh, what their takes are on all this what else we got is that it is that a wrap show one how, how long have we been going uh, long enough <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll find out long enough we'll find out we'll find <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if we have any analytics to, to see how long, you know, we, we can, we'll be able to see how many and who, not who, but how many listen and that kind of thing. But for I mean, we could sit here and talk all day and night. We could probably yeah. do four or five of these. Yeah. And just, you know, bam, right. bam, bam. But, right. Yeah. But look, let's leave a little for the next podcast. Yeah. Plus we have a barbecue to get to. We got, we got a barbecue to get to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we got to go stand out in the heat around the barbecue pit. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of heat. Sounds fun. Yeah. That, that's another variable, you know, are you by a barbecue? Are you by a barbecue? Yeah. All right. That's fun. We'll, uh, we'll do it again. Thanks for joining us and, uh, we'll see you next time. On weather insights. Um, oh, yes. Thank you. On weather insights. I'm Scott Pitney. He's Jeff Linder. Have a good one. <laughs>